0: By the power of grace what the hell is that what would you say you do here it's Stone's weekly dose very hard to say my name correctly You're
1: like Brian yeah <laughs> Brian yeah. <laughs> what's your deal man
0: your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's has a sort of casual elegance.
1: I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing.
0: Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose.
1: note to self don't die welcome in everybody to the most listened to the most downloaded the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga this is the stone on air podcast a supposed and allegedly for profit venture this is a weekly dose for December 6 2017 and another week when I had to scratch most original plans and change them all on the fly it's all good at stone on air on all social media So it's December. Jeez, man! You know I always say it. Time flies, and ain't got a damn thing to do with whether you're having any fun or not. Few things to get caught up on before I get to the uh, the menu, if you will, of this week's show. handful of things to talk about real quickly, right off the top. The Signal, the new local music venue in town, has officially uh, announced its its initial artist lineup. And wouldn't you have it? I don't have it here with me right this second. Uh, I know this isn't uh, live radio and I could stop this and go get it if I wanted to, but I don't feel like it actually. I'm just going to keep rolling with it. So it came out on the 4th on Monday. I know St. Vincent is the first uh, band to be playing at this uh, venue in February. And uh, who else? I know there's going to be Corey Smith there at some point. Lucero is going to be there at some point. Um, all starting in February. So I can't do everything for you. Go look it up. It's actually being blown up on social media right now. And this is a uh, a new joint that's going to be over. It's where the old Jump Park was in that newer development over by Finley Stadium. It's right in between Chatting Brewing Company and uh, Southside Social. So this is going to be pretty cool. I think. I hope. It sure seems like it. And uh, this a guy who's doing this is a guy named Chris Cobb. He is a show-promoting rock star in Nashville. This guy turned down millions of dollars from Live Nation to give up his uh, his marathon music works and exit in, and there might be more into it. It's probably much more complicated than that, but he's doing so well in music promotion in Nashville that Live Nation was trying to put him out of business or you know buy him off, just like that's the new American dream, start a business and then sell it to the big guys, and uh, Chris Cobb told him to go fly a kite. I'm taking this away from me. He's about a year younger than me, maybe. Hope to uh, talk to him and maybe even have him on the podcast here soon. I have met him and, uh, you know, had a bite and a drink with him before. Not sure I could convince him that he remembers who I am. But anyway, that has officially been announced. I think it's thesignaltn.com. Just do a search. You'll find it. Pretty cool thing in USA today. Songbirds is one of 20 new attractions across the country that is uh, up for voting for the best new attraction of 2017. Vanity stuff doesn't mean anything. No, but it's still kind of cool. Songbirds Guitar Museum. Check that out if you want. Over the next couple of weeks, shows will sound a little bit different as the end of the year winds down, and you know we all have the t- same typical kind of stuff to uh, th- that kind of gets in the way, and a lot of it for you know for in, in a good way. I don't mean it bad, but it does kind of clutter things up. So next week uh, will be the uh, the final. What would that be? The thirteenth, I think. That'll be like kind of final normal show, and then I'm going to do a Christmas special. I don't know what that means exactly. I'll figure that out eventually. And then at the uh, end of the uh, month, on the 27th, I'm gonna do a best of the show, which actually is much more time consuming and difficult than just doing a show real quick. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. It's not, I'm not, I'm not doing it for lazy reasons. I'm not doing it because you know I just don't feel like coming up with something for that week. Like, I mean, I'm serious talk. This is a much more work. But I think it'd be good to kind of, you know, for anybody who's kind of coming in new and I got people that come and go to kind of highlight the things throughout the year. Because when I started looking at it, I had a lot of pretty cool guests on and there was a lot of interesting things to talk about this year. And, you know, you might have missed some of those or you might not have. I don't know. But I mean, Wayne White back in February was the of a career highlight for me, uh, talking to to the to the local artist. I mean, he's not from, he hadn't been in Chattanooga much other than the last year and a half or so for for decades, but he's out in L.A. now, but that was incredible. Nick Lutsko jumps on with me here and there. Tim Kelly's been on a few times, local guys, names you recognize, and um, I look forward to that. So the 27th will be a best uh, podcast. I don't know how long it is. It might, it might It's going to be as long as I want it to be. It might even go a couple hours. Couple more things. Let's see. NeilYoungArchives.com. NeilYoungArchives.com. You need to look at this website if you even kind of like Neil Young. It's basically every single song he's ever recorded in any form or fashion, studio recordings, live recordings, any kind of bootleg recordings he's gotten a hold of. It it it, it appears it's incredible, and it is labeled in meticulously arranged in chronological order in a really cool setup. Uh, on the website so give that a look neilyoungarchives.com main times 24 another smashing success man was that fun that is one of the that is the event i always talk about uh, people getting overzealous and getting overly excited and talking about how oh that was the best show ever that was the best game ever this was the best thing ever rarely in those situations are they actually the best thing ever main times 24 is the best party the city throws it is awesome. And you know, part of why it's so good is because it's 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 not organic because it is kind of a sanctioned event, but it is it's the people that are involved. I mentioned this on the radio station, Alt 987 the other day. Uh they're three to seven Monday through Friday. Uh, that there's only a few places in this city that I can just show up at and be damn near guaranteed to maybe not necessarily like every single person I run into, but certainly tolerate everybody I I, I run into. And for the most part, can absolutely embrace and and welcome the interactions I have at these kinds of events because it's the best of the best. The best of the best of this city show up to this event. It's like the Chattanooga Market. The best of the best of this city show up to the Chattanooga Market on a regular basis. Does that mean that there's no crummy people showing up ever? No, of course not. There's assholes everywhere. But the majority of the time, a very large percentage of the time, the best of the best are who you run into, and so uh, I, I just, I absolutely loved it. I already can't wait for December first, twenty eighteen. All right, let's lay out the show. So a few changes here today, and as I was going into uh, into recording time at press time, if you will. Fox Chattanooga and News Channel 9. Are you doing it again? Fox Chattanooga is run by News Channel 9. I know people that work there. I like them. I love you. You're great. I glance at you every now and again. But they're, they're talking about putting on the damn Falcons instead of the Titans on Christmas Eve. Now, I can't go to the game because of, well, Christmas Eve. So I would like to go spend time with the family and do Christmas Eve things and watch the Titans and they're putting out polls. And I I don't know if they're gonna just go with whoever wins the poll, but it looks like they might. Quite, you know, voting polls on who we're we gonna play. Either we're gonna put on the the Falcons or the Titans, because they're both Fox games, Fox 61 games. And I'll be damned if I'm gonna sit around and watch the Falcons on, on Christmas Eve. So I have taken it upon myself. I am the leader of this fight. And I'll tell you more about that in Stone's Throw coming up here in just a few. In just a handful of minutes, I'll get to these tax cuts. What's the real problem here? And it really doesn't have anything to do with a bill and tax cuts or any of that. I'll tell you what the real problem is with the overall government and the tax cut bill. Coming up in just a couple of minutes. And in the final segment of the show, just kind of came together over the last couple of days. And it's kind of piggybacking off of what I was talking about last week. With the uh, with the drug problems that we have, and over medicating young people, and creating, uh, generationally creating diseases, ADHD, and um, and bipolar disorder, and irritable bowel syndrome, and all these different things that weren't a thing decades ago, generations ago, that they are now. Now they are for real now too, because we've created them. But I just think different approaches. But I've talked about it many times on the old radio station and on this podcast. And it's on the little clip, a little soundbite on on the Stone's Throw intro. Is technology making us mentally ill? And I'm going to explore that question further. Because the answer is, well, hell yes, it is. (laughs) Absolutely it is. I mean, almost damn near. It's one of those... Everything gives you cancer? Well, everything gives you mental illness, too, if you don't know how to handle yourself. Is technology making us mentally ill? And the answer is yes. And is it making young people and teenagers and tweens and a new generation being coined the iGen, the iGen, kids born between 1995 and 2012 who've never known anything other than connectivity, is it making their mental, not just health, but mental development thwarted as well. And I think the answer to that is yes. And I'll get into that more in the third and final segment of the show. And as I went to transition into the uh, the, the Senate uh, tax plan, I realized, where the hell are my notes? Where's my stuff? Where'd it go? And I realized, oh yeah, it's over there where the signal <laughs> announcement is. So real quick, St. Vincent, uh, Lucero, Grammatic, Riley Green, Get the Let Out, Here Come the Mummies, Corey Smith, Yacht Rock Review. A couple of those uh, are kind of cool to me and a couple of them are not, but always cool to have a new music venue in town. All right, so in to the Senate tax plan and what does it mean? Of course, there was a House version that the Democrats absolutely hated, and this version does seem to be considerably better. In the end, I don't think it matters all that much. There's a few things in life that I've just not spent a lot of times caring about, and that's Tax plans and healthcare plans Because I've never made a lot of money And I've never had bad health So generally if you don't make a lot of money Your taxes aren't all that high And if you don't have bad health Then you don't have to go to the doctor So those are two things I can't speak to very authoritatively And certainly not definitively But So I grabbed this from ABC News Just real quick This is the senate version that was uh, passed the other day of course it's not nearly in play yet but we'll go from here and see what happens by and large the most costly provision continues to be reducing the corporate tax rate to 20 percent i've heard that handful of times the joint committee on taxation gives that a 1.4 trillion dollar price tag the republican claims that the measure would pay for itself were debunked this week by the group its analysis estimated the bill would grow the economy by 0.8 percent over a decade, and add over a trillion to the deficit. By 2027. every income group under $75,000 is expected to see tax increases, according to the Joint Committee on Taxation. And just a quick rundown, I'm going to play a clip from Steve Schmidt. He used to work for George W. Bush, and uh, and he was on the election campaign. He might have been the campaign manager for John McCain. He's a regular on MSNBC. But so Senate tax plan, winners and losers. Likely winners? People like me. Just... Take the standard deduction. Shouldn't change things a whole lot. Families with dependents, teachers of uh, kids through K-12, which the House plan eliminated, being able to write off spending for uh, for classroom supplies. This is up to $500 a year, which almost all good K-12 teachers spend money out of their own pocket. This is not a mystery. This is not debatable. And people with expensive medical bills all seem to come out better with the Senate tax plan. Who are the likely losers? Those without private health insurance, folks living in high-tax areas, and, quite simply, all of us. By 2026, unlike the permanent drop in the corporate tax rate, tax breaks for individuals would mostly expire in 2026. Analysis of an earlier Senate bill draft by a non-partisan joint committee on taxation, found that by 2019, taxpayers making $30,000 or less would pay more as a group than they do now. And by 2025, the last year in which the Senate measures would take place, only those making $1 million or more would still be paying less in taxes. Is all that true? I don't know. I think it sounds, it comes from Consumer Reports. I, I have trust in Consumer Reports. Steve Schmidt on with Brian Williams on MSNBC earlier this week.
0: We're a nation of 330 million people. This legislation affects everybody. The number one economic challenge of our time that's driving so much turbulence in our politics, so much extremism in the parties is the fact that that working class people haven't seen a real wage increase in a generation. It's creating a crisis of competence in free market American capitalism for millennials and so many other Americans. And it can have a profoundly bad effect for future opportunity in this country. This bill does nothing about that problem. It does nothing to drive economic growth. What it does do is it lowers corporate tax rates. No one pays the statutory rate in the first place. And it does it by loading up another trillion and a half dollars on the national credit card that will be paid by my kids and grandkids. And, and it's just a travesty.
1: Here's the biggest fallacy out of all of this is that anybody cares about the national debt that anybody is concerned about how much uh, how much outspending our income that we that we do as a country collectively and have done pretty much every day since the day I was born in uh, 1980 because if you look at the graphs and you look at the charts and you look at the numbers real overspending and irresponsible fiscal legislation all started in 1980 and what the republicans are doing right now is they're trying to pretend like this tax bill right now is going to give that quote-unquote trickle-down trickle effect that was supposedly going on in the 1980s. What was really happening in the 1980s was a boom in all things American, lending, financial institutions, credit cards, all the, outspending your, your means. All this stuff became a thing in the 1980s, and it all created this fake facade of wealth. It created this false sense of, of financial stability, when really what it was doing was ruining the country and ruining people individually financially. Just look at the timelines over the last 30 years. So does this add a trillion and a half to the to the deficit? It looks like it does. It looks like it does. But who the hell cares? We don't. You don't. I don't. I mean, we do, right? I mean, we th- we feel like we should because it just makes sense that you should. But you, but, but you don't. Donald Trump hasn't said a damn word about the de- deficit. You know, it's it's only for talking points. It's only for talking points. It's when your guy or your party's doing something, you can either use it as a way to, to, to boast about something or as a way to try to try to negate somebody else's thoughts. Oh, well, but the, 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 the deficit. Nobody cares about the deficit. They never have, and they never will. So what the real problem is here is this entire broken-ass government to begin with. This is a complete disaster. Once upon a time... A lot of this stuff made sense, but this isn't about public service. This is about getting a job, and this is about trying to keep a job. I had some audio that I didn't get around to cutting up that I, it was circulating on the uh, of all over social media of some congressman going on and on about once upon a time before we pushed things things like this through, we had testimony and we had you know we had countless amount of people to debate and discuss this stuff within chambers. They didn't do any of that this time. They didn't have. There's no chance. Any of these politicians had time to read this, Republicans or Democrats. They haven't read this damn tax plan, and half of them aren't smart enough to even understand what it means. Not saying they're dumb, saying this is incredibly complex stuff. You think Chuck Fleischman has sat down and read the the House or the Senate tax plan? you got to be kidding me. Maybe Bob Corker did. You think Scott Desjardins in District 4... Over, you know, that 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 fraudulent lying asshole you think he sat around and read this? Oh, I approve of this. I like this. This is good. There's no chance. No chance. They're going to vote for it no matter what it said. Because that's all you're doing. And the even bigger problem on all this is the lack of term limits. When people talk about this, this isn't a new thought. But the more you think about it, the more it's ridiculous. The House of Representatives, every two years. Are you kidding me? It's non-stop campaigning. It's all you do is Campaign. Your whole life is just one big campaign. You're voting on whatever your party pushes in front of you to sign off on, and then you're campaigning nonstop. That's a worthless position. There's no reason to have that anymore. It doesn't work that way. There needs to be either longer terms or term limits or both. You know, the Senate, aren't in the United States senators in every six years? They're, they're a little, but, but still no term limits. Why should the president have a term limit but nobody else? If the president's that good, maybe we should keep him. Because he can't really do all that much to begin with. The president doesn't have that much power. That's what's making this Don Trump administration such a, a mess. Is he thought he was going to be this big, powerful position? The president doesn't really have that much power. That's why it doesn't matter really that we have a lunatic. It's not good. I'm a little concerned about it. But these guys and girls just go with whatever, whatever the wind blows. All you had to do was look at the uh, the election from last year and how many people denounced. It said you know Trump's the worst. And then a week later, after they dropped out, we're then supporting him. Or people within the party who said, no way, this, this guy's awful. And then now are upset because people are mad that a lunatic is a president. And nobody more is an example of that than audio that's come out. It's not just come out, it's Lindsey Graham. He's all over the place. U- U.S. Senator from uh, South Carolina always finds a camera. Never saw a camera he didn't love. And this was him in 2017, here recently.
0: You know what concerns me about the American press is this endless, endless a- attempt to label the guy as some kind of kook, uh, not fit to be
1: president. That's Lindsey Graham, and you know me, I will always rush to defend the press. But Lindsey Graham said that he can't believe that the press would label the president a kook or not fit to be president
0: You know what concerns me about the American press Is this endless, endless a- attempt To label the guy as some kind of kook uh, Not fit to be president
1: Well that's funny you say that Mr. Lindsey Graham Senator from South Carolina That's very, very interesting that you said that Because I have a list of things here that were said by you A little over a year ago I'm not
0: going to try to get into the mind of Donald Trump Because I don't think there's a whole lot of space there I think he's a kook I think he's crazy. I think he's unfit for office. And I'm a Republican and he's not. He's not a conservative Republican. He's an opportunist. He's not fit to be president of the United
1: States. Yes, I know. You just said that you, you think it's, a, it's awful that the press labels him a kook and not to be fit for president. You just said that. And you know how
0: you make America great again? Tell Donald Trump to go to hell.
1: Hey, hey, I mean, I couldn't said
0: it better. I don't think he has the temperament of judgment to be commander-in-chief. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I don't know, but you're, you're the one who's so concerned about the press labeling him as a kook, right? You know what concerns me about the American press is
0: this endless, endless a- attempt to label the guy as some kind of kook uh, not fit to be president.
1: So the problem isn't that we have a tax bill that might add a trillion dollars to the debt. The problem here isn't that we have corporate tax rates falling to 20%. The government itself is the problem. It's fundamentally flawed. It's fundamentally broken. This is where I'll, I'll give the Bernie bros their due. The Bernie bros that said, blow it up, man, blow it up. They were right. They were onto something. And I have fought against that and and probably contradicted myself some in this segment alone. When I've said I'm halfway through my life, I'm not interested in blowing it up. I want to try to ride it out with my guys, even though my guys aren't there now. My guys will be back even if your guys aren't there, your guys or your girls, they will be back. Just look at the history of the country. That's what happens. Democrat will be right back in presidency within the next six years, six to you know six to seven years, maybe hopefully sooner, maybe sooner. But that's where the Bernie Bros were onto something. They were onto something. They looked around and said, "Yeah, the Democrats are rigging this for Hillary. Yeah, you guys are lying about this. Yeah, Hillary and Trump are the same." Well, that's where you are dead ass wrong. That's the that's, that's where you are dead ass wrong. That Hillary and Trump were the same. That was a bad argument. But the other stuff made sense. You were right. You were right. It's fundamentally broken, and I don't know how you fix it. Because all this, too, we gotta, we got to work together. we got to work together. That's not happening anymore. That's never going to happen. The days of getting things done together and crossing party lines and party aisles, it's over. It's not happening anymore. The hard right and the hard left hate each other, despise one another, and would never cooperate and get joy out of obstruction. It's not going to happen. What do you do about it? I do not know. It's a fight that I don't know how to lead, but a fight that I do know how to lead is the fight against Fox Chattanooga and News Channel 9. I am not watching the Falcons on Christmas Eve. I am watching the Titans, and I am the leader in this fight.
0: Heads up. It's Stone's Throw.
1: What? what? Oh, Whoa, back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me, I'm stupid, I can't do math This is not making sense To the young adult anymore And they're tired of it Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? Alright, I love it when A plan comes together So I'm hanging out On Twitter as I always do As more of you should And I see a tweet From At Fox underscore Chattanooga and I love Fox TV. Watch it every now and again. And News Channel 9 runs Fox TV here locally. And I love News Channel 9. I glance at it occasionally. But here's the here's the tweet. And it's on Facebook and, and everywhere else too, I guess. But uh, this is where I first see it. It was, let's see, the 5th of December at 3.57 p.m. Way in on Christmas Eve at 1 p.m., at Fox Chattanooga is scheduled to air the Falcons game. The Titans also play at 1 p.m. on Fox. Which game would you prefer to see? Let us know what game you want so we can make the request to Fox, I guess, to Fox nationally. And at the when I first saw this, I blew it up. And I'm mostly having fun here, but I'm dead ass serious. I want to see the Titans game on Christmas Eve. They're playing the Rams. It's a big game. The season's got one game left, which might be it might have playoff positioning. This is a big game. Yeah, I mean the Falcons might be too, but this is Tennessee. This is the state of Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans are the NFL team of Tennessee. But so at the, when I first saw it and started hitting, uh, you know, hitting people up and just kind of spreading it around, it was about 150 votes, and it was about 80 percent Falcons and Saints. That's the Falcons' uh, opponent is the Saints and the Rams and Titans. I just checked at press time of this show, which is late night Tuesday nights every week. So in this case, it would be December, uh, right at December 6th, late night. The current voting is 1,486 votes. So, And I'm taking the credit for this because I have the power. By the
0: power of Grayskull.
1: I have social media with lots of followers. I have a radio show and I have a podcast. I am going to make sure this happens. I am the leader of this fight. But so as of press time, out of 1,400 votes, almost almost uh, 1,500 votes, 84% are for the Rams and Titans. 84% if I had my applause, uh, key, hot key over here, sound effect, I'd play it right now, but I don't have it on there right now. 84%. In just a handful of hours, and blowing up Facebook and Twitter, that's where we're at. Now, we got a long way to go. I think it's. I think the, the cutoff is like uh, the the second week of December to where they have to f- officially decide which game they're going to do. So I'm not stopping. This fight isn't ending. This is the state of Tennessee, and this is the best season the Tennessee Titans have had in a decade. Now, I know. I get it. Some of this might be fool's gold with this team. I hear you. Whatever. Shut up. We're still the third seed right now in the AFC. We are right now going to play at home in the playoffs if things ended today. The Falcons aren't even in the playoff position right now. They're on the outside looking in. I get it. The NFC is better. I get it. There's plenty of time to go. But I'm telling you right now, this is the best season that the Tennessee Titans have had in 10 years. And don't give Tennessee Titans fans a lump of coal in their damn stocking on Christmas Eve by not showing them playing the Rams a formidable opponent who is also playoff bound. Don't do it, Fox Chattanooga and News Channel 9. I will not let you. I will not stop this crusade, this fight, this march to make sure we're watching Titans football on Christmas Eve. I have season tickets. I have season tickets. I go to most home games. This game's on Christmas Eve. I'd be kind of a jerk if I went to the game in Nashville and didn't hang out with my family. Don't make me hang out with my family and pretend to tolerate all that nonsense and not be able to at least watch the Titans and the Rams on Christmas Eve. This is, will be an unforgivable move on the programming part of News Channel 9 and Fox Chattanooga. Don't let it happen. Do the right thing. You know in your heart what the right thing is. You know what the right thing is. We're in the state of Tennessee. Play the broadcast, the game of the team that plays in Tennessee. By the power of Grayskulls. I, I have taken it upon myself. I am going to be the leader of this revolt. This is going to be my main focus for the duration of this voting process on social media. I have thousands of social media friends and followers. I have a radio show and I have a podcast that's the most listened to in the city. We will not stop this fight, and I will lead Titans fans to victory, and we will watch the Tennessee Titans on Fox 61 WDSI in Chattanooga. I promise you this: I will succeed or I will die trying.
0: By the power of Grayskulls.
1: At Stone on Air on all social media. Follow along. Be part of the solution. Hashtag vote. Hashtag rock the vote. Hashtag now more than ever. This has never been more important. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it up here. Go fight win. I don't know how long I can keep it up. I'm just saying, serious talk, though. Show the Titans. Serious talk. Show the Titans. We're in Tennessee. This is a big season, and a lot of us are really excited slash nervous as hell. And we can't be sitting around on Christmas Eve dealing with all the dumb you-know-what that comes along with that and not be able to watch our team play. This is an easy decision, Fox Chattanooga, and News Channel 9, show the Titans game. A couple responses on Twitter from these threads, which has got 16 retweets and uh, about a dozen likes as well, and almost 15,000 votes. Uh, Do the right thing, at Fox Chattanooga, and show the Titans. Chattanooga's in Tennessee. The Titans are in Tennessee. The Falcons are in Georgia. Georgia's not Tennessee. Very good point, Ian Harper. Uh, here's one uh, from uh, Bucko. If you people want Falcons, move to ATL. Then a bunch of gifts and memes, mostly Titans-related. Ron Hall says, tighten up. Titans Talk says, this genuinely needs to be addressed. How is a station in our own state even considering helping another team expand in an already competitive market for developing the Titans brand? At LD Sports Writer says, how is this even a question? You air your in-state team. That is on the verge of making the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Come on, now your Fox Sports Chattanooga, for Pete's sake, show the Titans game. See, at uh, Beth Nine says Titans haven't been in the playoffs in a long time, and don't leave them off the air. I've been through heck between the Titans and the Vols, and never missed a game. Please show the Titans. Mark says Titans. Josh says, is Chattanooga in Tennessee? Enough said. The support is building. It's a revolution, and as your fearless leader. By the power I promise you we will be watching the Titans in Chattanooga, Tennessee on Christmas Eve. Alright, that's all I got. That's all I can do of that right now. Thanks for finding the show, by the way, at Stone on Air and all those social medias if you want to check all that out. This is the weekly dose for December 6, 2017. This is one of those kind of kidding, not kidding segments. So uh, I hope no one gets all butthurt about it. So specifically addressing the question. Is technology making us mentally ill? And more specifically, in the lives of teenagers and a new generation coined by a psychiatrist from San Diego State named Gene Twinge, the iGen. We'll talk about that next. My name is Brian Stone, and this is The Weekly Dose for December 6, 2017, and I will be right back. Yes, we will fight you from the mountains, and we will fight you in the streets fight you in the valleys you cannot take what isn't your- stone on
0: air will be right back he's cool stone on air.com
2: Are smartphones making an entire generation unhappy? A California professor seems to think so, calling children born between 1995 and 2012 the
0: iGen. The iGen, those born between 1995 and 2012, has never known a world without smartphones. The devices they hold in their hands have both extended their childhoods and isolated them from true human interaction. The result? Teens are not hanging out as much with friends, in no rush to drive, dating less having less sex, and getting less sleep.
1: And welcome back to the show, the Stone On Air podcast. Appreciate you guys finding it. Not much better song to go with right there. I'm a 21st century digital boy. I don't know how to live, but I got a lot of toys. My daddy's a lazy middle-class intellectual. My mommy's on Valium, so ineffectual. Oh yeah. Uh, social commentary in the chorus and vocals of the lyrics of this song that we could do for another day. But one of the main points of this uh, segment was kind of piggybacking off of, of, of off the, all the drugs we're putting all the kids on and all the adults as well, is that that question that I've always thrown out there is, is technology making us mentally ill? And the answer is yes, because really, if anything can make you mentally ill, if you allow it. Kind of like anything will cause cancer. I mean, if you do enough of something that's not normal, quote unquote, whatever even normal means, I don't know. But yeah, well, mental illness comes from all form or fashions. And the more that I've gotten older now, and I'm in my you know late 30s now. And live a very, very different life than what you would consider to be the quote-unquote normal person. Uh, That just kind of happened, and that's just how it is. I'm good with it, and I'm I'm good with what everybody wants to do in life. Do your thing, I'll do mine. You worry about you, I'll worry about me. But so now I see... Especially holidays are around. I got you know I go to friends' houses. I got family members. I've got aunt, I've got nieces and uh, nephews now. Three of them, as a matter of fact, they're pretty young. Still you know less than uh, three years old between the three of them. But I have friend the oldest friend that I uh, oldest son or daughter of a friend of mine who was really close my whole life is about sixteen or seventeen now. So it falls right into that I gen category that was coined by uh, Gene Twinge, a psychologist from San Diego State University, born between 95 and 2012. basically the generation that has never had any understanding of life without constant connectivity. And so I'm learning more and more about how these these kids, how they operate, how they handle social media. Um, I've had a few conversations with, with a couple of them over a couple times over the years, and I'm fascinated. To hear these conversations. And more is coming from the parents. But the the whole idea of not really caring about driving. You heard that in that little kind of news piece coming in. uh, It came from CNN. I can't even contemplate what it would be like to not be so excited to drive a car and have independence. That I didn't almost believe my friend when he said, yeah, she doesn't. uh, She, meaning his daughter, didn't even really care to go get a learner's permit didn't even, you know, had to basically be forced into, okay, now it's time to go get your learner's permit. Just think about how much of a different of a world that is and it's really not even comprehensible. Like, it's one of those things that you can say, I can only imagine. Like, there's no way I could have any understanding of that. Don't watch TV. Don't play games. Don't do things that we're all, generationally, we all shared. Even if the technolog- technology technology always increased throughout all of, you know, modern America, there was still a handful of things that generationally most of us shared. And a lot of that's going away now because everybody's living their life through their phones and through their connected devices. This is another kind of commentary coming from the guy who doesn't have kids and doesn't raise kids. But I do think it's kind of interesting to be able to be that guy with an objective view who is not a judgmental asshole like most people, because I'm not, I can actually look at the setting in front of me and not judge it for being the kind of pretentious bullshit that it actually is. And I can just look at the interaction and I can just look and see what's happening around me and notice a lot of this is not okay. Um, Mickey Mouseification of the world and all these different movies and shows and things that have to be playing 24 hours a day for a lot of these children going up as very young toddlers. I mean, that just didn't exist once upon a time. And now, without it, these toddlers, these children, can't. They can't behave. They can't. They can't function. They can't focus without having this constant. I know mobiles. It would probably be your original one of the things. I know kids and little children and little toddlers like to have something going on at all times. But I'm seeing it getting more and more. And then that's working into getting the cell phone in the hands of the kids when they're now. It used to be. It, even if you saw movies or had TV channels on or, or or monitors and screens on, you still didn't get it in your hand until you're, you know, a much more sophisticated, brain-developed young person. Now it's, I mean, five, six years old here. Go play with the phone, go play with the pad and get you leave mommy and daddy alone. Twenty-first century digital boy and girl. That is messing up motor skills. That's messing up social skills. That's messing up a lot of things and it's getting kids turning out to be 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 years old not desiring to get out there and 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 interact with people because they've never really done it and it's probably terrifying and it's inducing mental illness couple clips here from uh, Dr. Jean Twinge, psychologist from San Diego State, author of the book I Gin, noticing at the turn of the first decade of the 21st century some changes in young people's behavior. So there's these
2: big national data sets of teens, and right around that time, 2011 or 2012, more of them started to say that they felt sad and hopeless and useless, that they couldn't do anything right. These are classic symptoms of depression. More started to f- say that they felt left out and lonely. Uh, Other big data sets, a national screening study of um, mental illness finds a 50% increase in clinical level depression among teens between 2011 and 2015. The suicide rate starts to go up. So there's all of these very concerning symptoms of uh, mental illness health issues among teens and
1: being a guy who has always been a loner i think that's kind of what some of these kids are, are dealing with is they're becoming loners by default on accident they're becoming loners because when you're interacting on your phone and on your you know connected devices you're not really interacting not the way that most of us of certain ages what we consider real interaction that's not what they're having. And it's creating a sense of loneliness. And that and that loner mentality, which I've always have, creates loneliness. You stay a loner long enough, you get lonely. It's one of those, you know, unintended consequences, bad with the good kind of deals. Dr. Gene Twinge talks about, well, she started to look around. Why was this happening? Why were these numbers getting bigger around 2012? And did it possibly have something to do with the fact that the smartphone was becoming as popular as ever.
2: Uh, In looking at this, I wondered what the cause could be. As you can see in these graphs, these changes start to show up around 2007, and then they really get going around 2012. That is the year when the percentage of Americans with a smartphone crossed 50%. That's a time when the economy was getting better. So it seems awfully coincidental that these things happened at the same time. And so in
1: 2012... 50% of Americans, 50% of 330 million people had a smartphone that was 5 years ago. We have I I am it's not 100% clearly obviously nothing will ever be 100%, but I would I would just guess. Just throwing numbers out in the middle of in the thin air here that I believe would probably be true. I bet 75% of every walking around adult, no matter how poor you are or how much money you have or how awful your situation is or how great it is, has a smartphone. I, I bet 75%, and that is leading to continued connectivity and continued access to, uh, to information, which is great in some forms or fashion, and is really debilitating and heartbreaking in others. First saw this just from something bouncing around online. Becky Mansfeld, uh, Your Modern Family, kind of a Martha Stewart type, but like a regular person, not like a billionaire like she is. Just some stuff she put on her blog here that I highlighted a little bit. says, why is this happening? Why are kids more depressed because of electronics? Think about when we were in school. We didn't know every time that there was a get-together that we weren't invited to, and we didn't see pictures of each outing, game, or party. We didn't care what we looked like when we were hanging out with our friends because we were the only ones that were there. And think about bullies. When we left the school, we left them. If teasing happened, it didn't happen at home. It didn't happen publicly. I can't imagine being a tween or a teenager now. And her, she. The reason I found this Dr. Gene twin, is because this is what was the catalyst for her doing this this blog post on uh, what did I call it here? Make sure uh, your modern uh, family if you want to search it out. Uh, Becky Mansfeld. So, it, and these are just a couple of the the, the points from, from uh, Dr. Twinge's uh, studies. One in five children has mental health problems, 48% increase in ADHD, 37% increase in teen depression, 200% increase in suicide rates in kids 10 to 14 years old, and it just, it just, you know, I mean, it goes on and on and on, I'm not going to, you know, read to your radio here all day long, but... It's, uh, it's scary. It is scary. And and I think sitting down and being proactive and trying to figure out a way to balance this, because you're not going to eliminate it. You don't want to eliminate it. Having smartphones and having high-speed fiber optic connect- connectivity everywhere you go is the new normal. That's what we have now. If you don't adapt to that and you don't you know, use it in your everyday uh, development, you're going to get left behind. And whatever the next big technological wave is, Over the next 20 years, you need to be connected, you need to be up to speed on things, or you're going to be at a disadvantage as you mature and as you become an adolescent and a young adult. But you absolutely can't depend on it, or it could spiral you into a mental health disaster that could be as bad as alcoholism, it could be as bad as uh, Adderall, and these other addictions of these high-end amphetamine speed drugs that are given out to all this fake-ass ADHD that was made up a long time ago. I know I don't mean to sound like a jerk about it. I know it's there's technically real problems, but that is something we completely fabricated 25 years ago, and we're continuing to medicate these kids. So not only are they getting... Uh, their motor skills and social skills being very jeopardized by all this different kind of uh, of, of connectivity. We're also drugging them into coma <laughs> comatose states, and this is a you think you think mental illness and and drug addiction is bad now? Tap me on the shoulder and you know knock on the door and then come talk to me again in, in 15, 20 years and let's see what it looks like. So keep that in mind. I don't have kids. So I don't have to worry about it in the sense that I don't have to do anything about it. But it does concern me. And I'm concerned for, you know, loved ones in my family and loved ones in my friends. I mean, as as, as cynical and as kind of a jerk as I can sound, I really do emotionally care about people. And I really do weep for humanity sometimes. And I'm the guy who says, I might not like you, but I sure as hell hope you get a fair shake. I might think you absolutely suck. But I hope you get the same opportunities as everybody else. And sometimes, when your learning, when your learning development is thwarted by drugs and bad parenting and uh, and bad influences, and the, the awful list goes on and on, sometimes you don't even have a chance in life. And that is uh, that is depressing on its own. But that's it. I'm gonna put the wraps on that. Uh, make sure the Titans play on Christmas Eve. On Fox 61, vote, yell, scream, make your voice heard. Do it for the Tennessee Titans community. We deserve it. We deserve to be annoyed by our family and be given crappy Christmas presents and being able to watch the Titans play the Rams. Make it happen. I'm your leader. I need the support. All I need you to do is follow me as I take the pitchforks through the masses and say we will not settle For the crappy Falcons and Saints, it's Titans-Rams on Christmas Eve. Okay, I'll see y'all later. Appreciate you guys putting up with all that. This is the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. It's the weekly dose for December 6th, 2017. My name is Brian Stone. White lives matter. Black lives matter. All lies matter. The truth is easy to remember and continue to watch this space and watch the Titans on Fox 61 on Christmas Eve. See you later. Bye.